From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Energy and air pollution will be one of the top five issues for the general election. We talk about Putin being in control. He's not really. It's the various factions under him, and it suits them to have him at the front. You're trying to save our house deposit, and you'd have to save up some crazy amount of money. How on earth are you going to do that if a pint is seven pounds? There's certain key things that we want from India, and there's certain key things that they want from us. You're listening to Bloomberg UK Politics. I'm Stephen Carroll. Today, the government's playing host to policymakers and tech industry leaders at its Artificial Intelligence Safety Summit. It's happening at Bletchley Park, once the home of World War II code-breaking and considered one of the birthplaces of computer science. Our Lizzie Burden and Tom McKenzie are there. Lizzie, are you feeling inspired by the setting for this event? Do you know what I am, Stephen? My inner nerd is vibrating. There is so much history took place here, as you say, with the code breaking in World War II. Bletchley Park has a bit more of a ring to it than Milton Keynes, but it really is all about a meeting of brilliant minds, the policymakers, the tech titans, to try to go beyond the symbolism and the photo opportunities to get ahead on AI regulation when this is an industry that's moving really so fast. And I'm here with Tom, our tech-focused anchor on Bloomberg TV. He's speaking to all the big names that are coming through this summit. Tom, who are you most about excited about seeing here at Bletchley? Well, look, we've always already had some really interesting conversations. We've speaking to the, spoken to the CEO of Cohere, which is competing with the likes of OpenAI with generative artificial intelligence within the world of business. Today, it's going to be, for me, the conversation we're going to be having with Demis Hassabis from Google, Google DeepMind, because he has really been front and center of the conversations around AI, as well as, of course, leading in terms of the innovation. And he is an absolutely pivotal figure within this space. We're also going to be speaking to Senior Vice President at IBM and a number of other leaders within the AI space as well. There have been some names that have been left on the list. But the UK government, I would say, has done a pretty good job of corralling, encouraging some of the top leaders within AI, some of the most consequential voices, to be here on the ground. Sam Altman from OpenAI, Demis Hassabis, who I already mentioned. Of course, Meta is going to be represented here as well, and then Elon Musk. So some really big hitters within the world of tech, within the world of AI, going to be driving some of these conversations. The government list includes, of course, the Vice President of the United States, includes Ursula von der Leyen, the European Commission President, officials from Korea, officials from China. Maybe there's a little bit of disappointment. Leading up to this, they had hoped, the organisers, I think, to have people like President Macron of France, the German Chancellor. They haven't been able to be here. There are representatives, though, from those countries on the ground. And it is all about trying to form some consensus around what is defined as the risk, how you define those risks, and then how you regulate to mitigate those risks within generative so the UK wanted to be a leader, the leader on regulating AI, but Joe Biden's already had this executive order. The G7's got its code of conduct. Soon the EU should have its AI Act. 
Is the UK actually well placed to be a leader on AI safety? Well, and as you go through the jurisdictions, the countries, and the groups of countries that have taken action there, it's a reminder that so far the UK has taken more of a laissez-faire approach. And the Prime Minister Rishi Sunak has said that he doesn't want to over-regulate, he doesn't want to stifle innovation. The risk from that kind of view, or from those who espouse that view, is they're concerned that the innovation and the money will go elsewhere. But of course, it is a finely balanced question and there's a tension between ensuring that you can have the kind of ecosystem that derives that innovation that's going to come and produce all these great efficiencies and upsides that the Prime Minister and others talk about, whilst also mitigating the risks, and again the Prime Minister has talked about this, the potential existential risks, the potential risks around, for example, new models of generative AI being able to produce biological or chemical uh, weapons. So uh, the UK is trying to take this leadership role with this summit. It is the first global summit of its kind, but you're absolutely right. The EU has come out and is working on what is expected to be very consequential legislation around the EU's AI Act, and that should be signed into law, they hope, in 2024. And then you've had the really important steps by the Biden administration as well, as you mentioned, around the executive orders, around some of the riskier parts of generative AI, the needs for reporting, the needs for government agencies to start to incorporate some of the concerns around this. China's taking its own measures. So the need is to have, many would argue, more of a unified approach at the global level, the UK would say that this summit is at least the start around building something of a consensus around what the risks are and what the safety mechanisms should be. So that's what the UK government's aiming for. I actually managed to speak to the Deputy UK Prime Minister earlier, Oliver Dowden. He's got responsibility for UK resilience. And I started by asking him what success would look like over the next couple of days. We are hopefully going to reach uh, agreement on the communique uh, later this morning. For me, this is about the huge opportunities of AI. If you think about how financial services in the City of London have so enriched the United Kingdom over the past generation or two, I'm convinced that AI can do the same thing for the UK over generations to come. But in order to achieve those opportunities, we have to reassure people about the risks. So you're going to talk about that communique later. What are the main sticking points? Well, I'm confident that we will get the, the communique uh, agreed. What this, this is about is analysing the risks. And for the first time, we brought together uh, the leading AI companies, the so-called frontier AI companies, alongside national governments and our security architecture. And what I'm hoping to do is we can reach a common understanding of those risks. And that's what we'll be discussing today. A range of buckets from societal risks to technological risks around weapons and so on, and indeed, ultimately, to consider this so-called existential risk. Is there a risk by looking at that existential risk, you're getting a bit distracted from the salient challenges of misinformation and deep fakes? Well, that's precisely why we're dividing it up into different categories. So I would say in the, the, the most immediate term, it is risks around misinformation, disinformation, deep fakes. And remember, what AI does is it proliferates that, those risks. So it increases the number of people that are able to create those risks, things that were previously just the domain of national governments, we're at risk from hostile states, many other actors going down to your proverbial kid in their teenage bedroom is now going to be much more empowered by AI. So we do have to take those risks seriously. And how would the output of this summit interact with Joe Biden's executive order or the EU AI Act or the G7 Code of Conduct? Well, we're closely coordinating with all of those things. So I was at uh, New York for the United Nations General Assembly a few weeks ago, and I also took the opportunity to go to Washington 
Washington and met with many of the president and vice president's senior team to make sure we pull together and coordinate our efforts. This is about dealing with frontier uh, AI risks. There's the president's voluntary uh, commitments, which deal with AI more broadly. They also sit alongside the Hiroshima G7 Accords and other initiatives such as India and elsewhere. And indeed, many of the meetings that I've been having, for example, uh, with Singaporeans yesterday, is making sure that these all work together to deal with a risk that we have in common, but deal with different elements of it. Joe Biden, of course, isn't here. Is he stealing your thunder on AI? Now, I think it's actually the the opposite. So this all came about, if, if you recall, from a meeting that took place between our Prime Minister Rishi Sunak and President Joe Biden, and they agreed together that we would hold this summit. So our teams are working hand in glove together, and I think that, that's reflected in the fact that the Vice President of the United States will be here at this summit. Well, does his absence leave more room for Chinese officials? Will they get to attend all of the events over the two days? Well, the uh, Chinese delegation is very important because China is a major AI power. Uh, they will be attending many of the the sessions. I I do think that there are some sessions where we have like-minded countries working together where it might not be appropriate uh, for the the Chinese to join. But we in China share these same risks around AI. Nobody wants uh, some of the the most adverse consequences happening, so it's right that we work with China. So they'll attend many sessions but not all, and they share the risks, but fundamentally they don't share the UK's values. How can you reach meaningful agreement on how to regulate AI when it's going to affect pretty much all aspects of life? Well, I think the, the common consensus we can find, and you'll see this today, is about a common understanding of the risks and of an evaluation of the risks. And that's why it's so important that we have the frontier AI companies here so that we can talk with them about where those risks lie, our concerns about them, and find a model for evaluating it as the technology evolves. We can't do what we've done previously, which is wait for the technology to evolve and then step in. But it is the case, to your point around China, that that they have a different uh, worldview to us. And we're very clear-eyed about protecting our worldview, whether that is uh, democracy, rule of law, freedom. Now, some of those are not, as you know, going to be compatible uh, with China. And that's not going to stop us from taking the steps necessary for our nation. Another controversial guest here is Elon Musk. Earlier this year, he called for a pause in AI development. By featuring him so prominently here, do you risk being seen to endorse his views, including on Ukraine? Uh, No, we don't endorse many of uh, Elon Musk's views, but Elon Musk is an indisputable tech titan, and it's a sign of the importance of this conference that someone like Elon Musk is here, and it's a sign of what this conference is all about. I've been to many international conferences, as I'm sure uh, you have as well. They tend to be businesses or government. This one is bringing the two together because uh, AI is being innovated by those frontier AI tech companies, but there's a duty on government to protect its citizens against those risks. So that was the UK's Deputy Prime Minister Oliver Dowden speaking to Lizzie. Lizzie, what did you take away then from that conversation with Oliver Dowden? 
Well, most interesting for me was what he said about the more controversial delegates here. When he was talking about China, he said they're not going to be in every discussion because they simply don't share the UK's values on everything. But it's still important that they should be here because they face the same risks when it comes to AI. Likewise, he doesn't agree with everything that Elon Musk says. But of course, it's really important to have the world's richest man, a leader in tech here at the conference. To me, it reminds me a bit of when uh, Rishi Sunak's wife came on at Conservative Party conference, the star special guest to add a bit of sparkle to the event. But really, it shows that the UK is still punching above its weight diplomatically or trying to. And it's interesting that he's focused on frontier AI, the way he sort of said that um, in terms of the output of this conference, it should be complementary to what the US and the EU are doing. And that reminds me of the way the UK is trying to find its niche on semiconductor chips. It knows that it can't lead in terms of manufacturing, but it can perhaps lead when it comes to research and development. So it seems to be a similar approach that they're taking here. Tom, I'm interested in uh, your perspective on industry here. Uh, what's what are you expecting over the next couple of days? Well, I would just say that the sense from many in the world of AI is that actually the UK does have some really important assets. So it has the institutional strength, it has the academic strength, and there is a sense that the UK can lead on that front. There's big questions about whether it's investing enough around developing its own AI expertise. And there's also debate, I should say as well, within the industry, within AI and amongst AI leaders about what risks we should be focused on. Some say we should be focused on those existential risks. Others, for example, the head of AI at Meta saying it's preposterous to focus on existential risks and that the focus should in fact be on things like misinformation and deep fakes. Now I spoke to and sat down with the CEO of Cohere. It's a generative AI business. It's backed by the chip maker Nvidia. It's backed by some big VC names like Target Global. What is generative AI before what, you tell us what you So said. generative AI, there's the old AI, quote unquote old AI, the kind of AI that you see in Google's traditional search engine, the kind of traditional AI that you see in Siri, for example, which produces an answer at a request. Generative AI creates new content, so for example, text, and you can use ChatGPT to put in questions or and produce a poem or a script for a movie. You can do the same thing with image generation. So it's generating something that, 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 is, that is new. That is essentially what generative AI is based on large language models or neural networks. And so the learning process that goes into that is very different from quote unquote traditional AI. So spoke to CEO of Cohere, again, generative AI, and they build products for the business world, enterprise. They have really big corporate clients. And again, they're funded by some really, and backed by some really big names. Aidan Gomez, the CEO, and I spoke to him about the regulatory response, what would be appropriate regulation, but also whether or not the UK is, in fact, well positioned. Take a listen. A sectoral approach is the right one. We have expert regulators inside of medicine, inside of finance. Um, They know their domain best, and they know how to protect their customers, their patients. Um, and so I would empower them to get, gain expertise in the technology and implement protections there, as opposed to creating a new horizontal body which tries to fight on all of these different fronts. Um, I, I strongly believe that empowering existing regulators is the right way forward. 
What do you think of the executive action of the Biden administration this week? Do you, do you welcome it or does it, does it concern you? You know, I think it's, it's good that there's a priority being put on this. It's time for policy. I think we're past the point of debate as to whether there should be regulation in, in AI or not. Uh, we know there should be. And so this is spurring action. And I think that's, that's very good. Um, in terms of the policy specifically, my interpretation is going to depend on how it's actually implemented. So it's very vague right now. Uh, it provides kind of high-level steers and gu guides. Um, but it's going to, I I'm going to have to wait and see how it's actually implemented mm -hmm. to build a sense of whether I think it's good for, good for market, good for uh, protecting consumers um, and protecting enterprises. Okay, so implementation is going to be is going to be central. Yeah. Uh, you're you're increasingly becoming a global company. You're headquartered, of course, in Toronto. You've got offices in San Francisco. You have offices here in London. You're attending the UK AI Safety Summit. The UK would like to think that it can position itself as a global leader, not just in the development of the technology, but the regulatory framework as well, or at least the building together of a consensus around regulation. How, how realistic do you think those ambitions are from your position? Yeah, so I, I studied here. I, I went to school uh, at, at Oxford. Um, and so I, I think the UK has a massive opportunity. And I'm really proud to see this government bringing the world together to discuss this issue. I, I think they are taking a leadership position. Um, the talent here is unmatched. I think a majority of Cohere's machine learning expertise at the research level is based out of London. Um, and this ecosystem is so strong. So I think the opportunity for Britain is huge. Um, and they are taking a very active leading role. Uh, I, I, don't think it's, um, I don't think it's just talk or public framing. I think there really is so much talent here uh, and a real opportunity to lead. So that was Aidan Gomez, the CEO and co-founder of Cohere, that Canadian tech firm focused on AI, speaking to Tom McKenzie. Uh, we also got another industry perspective from the CEO of Quantexa, which is a big data company, British AI unicorn, valued $1.8 billion. Vishal Mario was speaking earlier to Caroline Hepker and Kriti Gupta. The UK has got a number of the stronger green ingredients to be a leader when it comes down to AI. We have some of the greatest universities, great apprenticeship schemes, and according to Sequoia's research, we have over 25,000 AI engineers here in the UK, which is one one of the top three in, in, in the world. If we look at the summit this week, one thing that's going to be very critical to, to get gleaned from this is that Frontier AI is an aspect of overall uh, artificial intelligence. AI is not new. Uh, I studied AI 20 plus years ago. We've been talking about it for months, uh, Caroline. But mm. I think across the next sort of couple of days, what's going to be really fundamental is exposing um, to, to, to leaders some of those biggest risks, mm. uh, but more importantly, ensuring that we come away with a set of guide rails around how we're going to ensure the safety when it comes down to AI and machine learning. Okay, but you say that the government's already engaged with companies like yours in the AI space, especially in areas that are already tightly regulated. Obviously, I'm thinking finance and insurance. So, so are they focused on, on the right things? So we've deployed our platform. Um, so since starting Context in 2016, we've deployed our platform in, in, most, in some of the most highly regulated markets, if that's financial services, insurance, as well as uh, in public sector. One of the key aspects when it comes down to deployment of technology especially in regulated markets, especially when it comes down to machine learning, is trust of the data and transparency. 
And here in the UK, we're leading when it comes down to opening up the, the box, when it comes down to the transparency of the data, the transparency of the models, to ensure what are we actually using the AI for? Where is the human in the loop when it comes down to those decision-making processes? But more importantly, how are we being ethical in the way we deploy such capability? Where is the risk in that, though? Where, where do you see the biggest hurdles in getting there? So... When it comes down to some of the risks around AI, having AI in the wrong hands without the standards around it can be quite harmful. Um, President Biden talks uh, a, a executive order that came out uh, just 24 plus hours ago around AI being used for fraud against the US government, AI being used um, for cyber criminality. These are absolute real risks that any government could fear if AI is put into the wrong hands. Mm. So it's really important that here in the UK, and, and obviously the, the objective of the summit, is to start exposing some of these risks, having some of this awareness, but more importantly, how do we put the set of standards together to ensure that we, we protect what could be one of the most disruptive technology since the internet yeah look absolutely i'm no it grad but even i get get the idea you know are we going to manage to do a better job with ai than we did with social media um you know the these the companies are largely based in the United States. It's a handful of small businesses that are really, um, you know, dominant in terms of this industry. It, does the UK have a hope in that space versus the US? There are no big European leaders coming to this summit. So w what's really important here is it's not a them versus us sort of scenario here, them being the big tech uh, in the US um, um, and, and the rest of the, the tech industry. It is about building that collaboration in the private sector as as well as the public sector, as well as technology companies. And it has to have this collaboration because we have a, a huge insight uh, when it comes down to data analytics and many other uh, companies across Europe, across uh, the world, where we are being deployed by some of the largest organizations on the planet to use our capability when it comes down to detecting crime or if that's around surveillance or if that's more around sort of data management and broader decision making. Um, so it, it's not a them and us, but it, it's a key part to the collaboration that has to happen between government around the end users or the end use cases in financial services, government, as well as healthcare, but also around technology. It sounds a lot like what we heard when social media was first getting regulated. And it kind of feels like the lesson learned from that debacle, if I think I can call it, is that it's better to start talking about regulation early before it is more widely adopted. Would you agree with that? I, I think it's very important that we get ahead of the curve here. Um, you know, firstly, as, as mentioned earlier, AI is already with us. I mean, if you came to the office today in a car and you put on Google Maps or some form of uh, navigation system to get to the office, you're using some form of AI machine learning to get to the office. So it's been with us for quite some time. What we've seen in the last 12 months is a breakthrough when it comes down to scale, is a breakthrough around the use of data. But coming back to your earlier point, we need to get ahead of the curve here. And if we don't, there could absolutely be challenges to both the economy as well as society. That was the CEO of Quantexa, Vishal Maria, speaking earlier to Caroline Hepker and Kriti Gupta. Tom and Lizzie, a final thought from you both. Is this the big moment for both the UK government and the technology when it comes to AI? I think it's significant. I think it's significant that you're able at a moment, of course, of great global anxiety for all sorts of reasons, to be able to have leaders, global leaders, 
on the political sphere and the industry level gathering here to, today for, for two days. I think that in itself is significant. I think we shouldn't underestimate the complexity of even defining these different risks, even starting the conversation around regulation. Do you regulate the model itself? Do you ensure that the developers who are building the models are held to account? Or do you start to put the pressure on those who are building products on top of the models? Are you concerned about regulatory capture, the big beasts in the room like DeepMind? Have they got, have they got too much sway over the government? Are you in favor of open source or closed source? There's all sorts of threads to this. There's all sorts of complexity. Government typically, not just the UK government, but globally, doesn't have a very good track record of regulating around evolving technologies. This is arguably one of the biggest regulatory challenges of our generation. And this government and global governments are going to have to get their hands around it and grasp the nettle. And the UK government is at least taking baby steps steps in that direction. Yeah, call me cynical, Tom, but I suspect that we might not get answers to all of those questions over the next couple of days. It may be that we just get agreement that AI is risky and that it also poses opportunities. But let's see over the next couple of days. We're expecting this communique. We're going to see the speech from Elon Musk. That'll be interesting as well. Domestically, Stephen, in terms of the UK politics, I have to say on the broadcast round this morning, we talked in depth with Oliver Dowden about AI, but many of the UK outlets really were focused on Israel. They were also focused on the COVID inquiry as we were discussing in depth on the UK Politics podcast yesterday. So it'll be interesting to see whether Rishi Sunak can steal a bit of that limelight for what he's doing on AI back at home. Okay, Lizzie Burden and Tom McKenzie at the AI Safety Summit at Bletchley Park. Thanks very much for now. Of course, we'll be watching out for some of the big events or big interviews of this event, as Tom was speaking about a little bit earlier as well. But also that conversation between Rishi Sunak and Elon Musk going to be streamed on the social media platform X. So it'll be good to see how the interaction between those political leaders, the likes of the Italian Prime Minister Giorgia Maloney, the Vice President Kamala Harris representing the US will interact with the industry on this, whereas there does seem to be this trepidation from some sectors and industry as well about how much can really be achieved uh, during this conversation between policymakers and uh, the industry around AI regulation. The focus very much on starting a conversation on what is becoming such an increasing part of not only the conversation around where technology goes from here too, but also the business interests and how that's going to play into the future for the British economy, the global economy and technology more generally as well. So more from Lizzie and Tom to come on Bloomberg 2. That is it from us for today though. If you like the programme, don't forget to subscribe and give it five stars so other people can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you listen. This episode was produced by James Woolcock. Our audio engineer was Marufal Hussain. Special thanks to Lizzie Burden, Tom McKenzie and Angel Feliciano at the AI Safety Summit. I'm Stephen Carroll. We'll be back with more tomorrow. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg UK Politics. Listen weekdays at noon on DAB Digital Radio in London. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. 
Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.